There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio, bringing you the latest reports from the Whitetail Woods. And now, your hosts, Casey Smith and Tyler Jones. This is Rut Fresh Radio, powered by Vortex Optics. I'm your host, Tyler Jones. And this week, we're hearing from many guys who say the warm temperatures have affected rut movement. But there's a cold front on the horizon, and it's given us hope. This is a Rut Fresh Radio podcast brought to you by Vortex Optics. I'm your host, Tyler Jones, and I've got in the passenger seat right here, hanging out the passenger side, Casey, Casey Smith. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's just hanging out right here with me. We've been hunting this morning. Dude, it's warm. Look at all these used broadheads on your dash. Yeah. You have a collection built. I do. Up. Um, I've got a few, man. I've liked to shoot. Well, that one, what did, what did I hit with that one? Goodness. I know what you hit with that one. Explode. <laughs> oh, dad gummit. That, that's, we talked about that one already on this podcast. South yep. Dakota. Yep. Um, there's some with dirt or some that are blown up. I did hit a very big buck on the hardest bone in his body with that. We talked about it. Anyway, we've got uh, some pretty cool fellers on this podcast this week. Um, so we're going to be hearing from them in a second about what to expect in the second week of the rut. But uh, as of right now, KC, we had a pretty good first week, didn't we? We sure enough did, man. And, you know, honestly, um, it wasn't all that ruddy, but it was a good first week in November. Yeah. Uh, I suppose um, you and I both killed bucks. I suppose that that happened. Mm. You suppose that happened? I suppose. I do suppose. <laughs> They're both really nice deer. Toads. Very exciting. So we hunted Kansas the first week in November. Um, and One week. One one week and actually five days in November. <laughs> five days. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh so let's just go ahead and, and kind of set the the stage here. We head up because November is just like the month, right? Yeah. It's the month that we all like want to do this thing. So November first, you probably need to be hunting. And even yeah. though like 
I really think like the fourth is when like it's really like starting mm-hmm. to do the thing, right? But we get there for the first to hunt and um, kind of like making our plans. But we always like kind of show up with like a 48 hour type mentality. Like there's just the odds of you shooting deer on the first night are just so low, mm-hmm. right, Tyler? Yeah, they sure are. <laughs> they sure are. I, um, I talked about this in the post that I made, but uh, Mr. December is what my name is is uh that's what my dad calls me at least and uh it's because i'm always like running around chasing a deer um in late december usually or in december trying to find some you know there's some old eight-year-old with uh eight or less points that's like nine years old and i've got to find out you know how to shoot this deer and what pattern he's on late season which i actually do like late season a lot i've had some pretty good success there Mm -hmm. um but yes it's uh it's pretty um it's a, it's a pretty odd thing to be trying to tag out on the first afternoon, you know, but we get up there and, uh, roll into a stand and me and Eric are just sitting there and it's sunny, kind of warm, very windy. And I, um, I play a game, I play solitaire on my phone until I win. Okay. So it's early, you know what I mean? Give me a break here. November 1st, early in the day, playing solitaire. I finally win a game after a couple that's and then we, uh, that's why we call you people. That's it. That's it. And then I go into uh, I go into my Bible app and read Hosea. Uh, no, actually, I, re- I finished Daniel and then went into Hosea. And I'm like two chapters in, and Eric goes, "There's a buck." I was like, "Oh gosh!" <laughs> like it's early, you know. And uh, and and I'm like, I don't move. I'm like, how far? He goes fifty. He's like, he's not a shooter. And I was like, oh okay. Well, then I'll just look up. You know, as so I look up and I see him. It's windy too, so I wasn't too worried about getting seen. Well. He's like, he's like maybe like a Pope and Young type. Deal. Like he's pretty solid, you know. Like Eric just called him a not shooter real yeah, quick. But this know? is a place that's pretty special, right? Yeah, this is sure not is. your just average public land property. This is a piece of permission that yep. uh, you've hunted for a long time. Yeah, for sure. And so, um, anyway, we watch this buck comes down, makes a scrape. We get video of that. It's cool, man. It's cool. Y'all are gonna be able to see this here in the next few months. Do you I'm sure. need to give. All the details, or should folks uh, go check no, out the Element podcast? They they, they definitely can check out the Element podcast. But this deer comes down and gives he makes a scrape, and it's it's awesome. And he goes in front of us, and uh, basically gets kind of weird, and then things happen. <whistles> but I can't tell you how it happens. Mm, exciting. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, it was uh it was a good night. I did end up shooting a buck, and um, you can check out our Instagram to see that buck. Um, we posted probably on the second or third or something like that. Mm. And then, uh, a few days later, a few days go by, uh, you're not feeling very well. You're, uh, very, very negative for you, for a KC Smith. I was mentally defeated at one point in time yeah. because, uh, there's just not a ton of public ground around our area that we hunt, but there's a couple good places. And when the wind's bad, um, for that, you're just like toast. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling like that. And mm-hmm. like the projected forecast was that way for a few days so i was like i'm out mm-hmm. i have no way and then we just start working the phones uh calling landowners mm-hmm. and tyler just pulls one out man <laughs> and it's awesome an awesome piece of permission that yep. we get and we go truck scout this thing in the buck truck uh driving around decide to hang a camera and then while we're out hanging a camera i get that tingle Mm. that you don't want down you know like, <laughs> it ain't a rut tingle it ain't a rut tingle neck ain't swelling or nothing and uh from there on like i had the stomach virus for about uh 10 hours or so oh, man yeah it well, was rough yeah i uh i 
I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank so you. We'll say that, but yeah. Um, then there's some pretty cool things that happened on that trip yeah, for the sure. The next morning, there's some really cool things that happened, mm-hmm. and we will just uh, leave it at that. That's um, right. But uh, you can go check out some of our feed stuff to to see maybe what's going on, and if you want the full story on that. But guys, it's happening right now. Mm-hmm. It's time to be excited. Big bucks are hitting the ground all over the country mm-hmm. uh, with people that uh, people are good hunting, bad hunting, don't matter, man. Just get out there and hunt. You know, if you feel like you're a bad hunter, hunt right now because it's time, <laughs> dude. It's time yeah. to go. Right now, we are- We actually uh, almost killed a buck last night on Yeah, public. you almost did. Yeah. Uh-huh. You rattled them in for me. Yeah. How about hey, that? Hey, the calling's working yeah. right now, by yeah. the way. I, uh, I think that if you're going to bust out rattling antlers, if you're going to bust out grunt calls- Right now is the time to do it. I absolutely love it, man. It's fun. Getting a place maybe you can see a little ways. You know, the way I am, mm-hmm. I really don't like to blind rattle all that much. It's fun. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but you get surprised by deer, and then you have to make a quick decision on if it's a shooter and all that kind of stuff. But, like, if you can get eyes on a buck, this is a Bill Winky thing, right? If you can get eyes on a buck and call to a buck you see, your odds are really good mm-hmm. of that going well for mm-hmm. you. And that's what we did last night. We saw the buck called to him and brought him in close to you you just mm-hmm. didn't get a good shot at him he yep. was kind of far so yep. uh we had a public land hunter help us out we did didn't we help is interesting how that works <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but yeah it's, so we'll talk about that on the podcast on our element podcast mm-hmm. too just give you a little a uh, little bigger story there but uh yeah this week we've got some guys that are going to be talking about what to expect in the next week uh whether it's calling like kc said or uh, just plain sitting in a funnel, pinch, whatever you want to call it. Um, this next week is going to be a great week, I think, across the country. Everything is ready to pop, and the weather, I think, is going to make that thing happen. So uh, this week on the podcast, we've got our friend Brian Bostick, who helps us out quite a bit here at The Element. Uh, he's got a Texas report for us. Brian is a great, great shot. He actually is a state champion archer in high school. So uh, you'll hear me poke fun at him, but just know he's a he's an incredible shot. Uh, Sam Sohold up in North Dakota, Tyler Friel in Kentucky. This is one of his first times to harvest a deer, which is a pretty cool perspective he's got there. And then we've got our old friend Jared Mills from Iowa who shoots the biggest, most jealous-worthy deer <laughs> every year. So those are the, that's who we've got on the podcast this week. Anything else we need to talk about here before we get to them? Uh, I'd say we could talk about Mark, but there's really no reason to. So, uh, Mark actually uh, had him a pretty good he did, early man. November, he man. He did, man. Brasker yeah. Bucks. He did, man. He shot him a good deer. So everybody's, <laughs> yeah. uh, even even the lowliest of hunters right now are killing them. And I'm mm. going to let y'all decide between the three of us who that is. See, I love when, when he's not on here because then we can just poke the most fun, you know. But um, I don't know if y'all know this or not but uh mark's gonna come down in december and hunt with us in texas and we're gonna have a real good time so uh y'all look forward to that and look forward to this week because it's about to go down let's get the reports from the guys all right on the phone now i've got brian bostick down in texas hey can you explain to me the mentality behind purposefully missing a deer well guys you have to build some spence to your story oh Um, (laughs) my excuse and i'm sticking to it i like Um, it i like it it's unfortunate, yeah. but it uh, did happen yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So okay. Yards. So you must be seeing some movement. Can you tell us about what's been going on in Texas as far as movement there in East so Texas I've, lately? I've been hunting primarily East Texas, and it is happening. Um, mm. I think a couple of these does are starting to come in heat, and the bucks are moving. Um, I have been seeing lots of bucks chasing 
um, lots of rut activity, scrapes. Um, it's it's my favorite time of the year to be in the woods. Yeah. It's been really good. Yeah. So you're seeing some scrape action, huh? Scrapes, yep. Um, here in the last month, all of the oaks have started dropping acorns, so it's kind of spread some of these deer out. But if I can get in an area that has some good scrapes and some good activity, um, I've seen some really good bucks. Are you Run. still are you still seeing acorns um, being an active food source right now? They, I think, are primary food source right now. Okay. Um, I have lots of bait piles out, deer feeders going, um, and they are avoiding them. Um, but if I can get in a good bottom with some oak trees that are actively dropping um, acorns, they're, they are on them. That's cool. So also the moon could possibly play a factor right now. I know it's kind of coming up on a full moon. Is that something you pay too much of attention to? Um, I not as not as much as some guys. I You're not a mooner like Hunter is. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, but you know, it it does key me in to kind of look at the activity on my cameras a little more. Yeah. Um, and and you can pattern some of them deer. I have noticed here in the last week that a lot of these deer it's the rut also, but they're starting to move later in the mornings too. Um, there's been some real good nine to ten o'clock activity. So I oh. think some of that does have to do with the moon. Have you seen any chasing, or is it mostly just cruising, in your opinion? I, I am seeing some chasing. Um, Man. So, I think, you know, some of these younger bucks has kind of started playing around um, with some does, but when you see three bucks on a doe, you know she's probably in heat. Yeah. I've seen that a couple of times. That's exciting. So, yes. as we are looking at, you know, bucks in that full-on chase mode and, and deer kind of going everywhere, do you tend to be a guy who wants to stay in the same spot day in and day out and play the probability of a deer coming by? Or are you doing hanging hunts and hopping around trying to outsmart them? I think with these acorns dropping, it has spread a lot of these deer out. So I, I am having to move around a little more, but some of these areas that I have been feeding these does, um, for the last couple of months, I've noticed that the does stay in the area and there's been a lot of new bucks moved in. So I'm hunting some of those spots that I've been feeding for the last couple of months that are keeping those does around. Yeah. So with three bucks in front of you, you still missed. <laughs> that was, it was one guys. And, okay. <laughs> you know, you know the story. Um, my first deer to ever miss with a bow and it was at 15 yards. Um, you know, I've seen some deer misses at 15 yards, and I always thought, how how can a guy miss at 15 yards? And yep. here I am. I'm Start one of those guys. on your hunts. That's how. Yep. <laughs> you yep. know? It was, uh, you know, I think it was a good thing there's bigger bucks in the area. Um, I would have liked to have gotten that buck, um, but my season's not over. So yep. we only get one buck here in East Texas, and, you know, if I would have harvest, harvested that deer, then it would put it into my season here yep. in East Texas. So. Well, I, I, I say this just because um, the first time I ever met Brian, it was like I saw that he made a 40-yard heart shot on a frontal 140-pound deer, <laughs> and he was an archery state champion, so I can say this stuff. You know, if he was just kind of a ho-hum archer, I probably wouldn't be making so making it so hard on him right now. But <laughs> with, with that said, man, uh, all, the, all the action you've seen, uh, what does it lead you to think is going to be – you know, where do you need to be next week? What do you need to be hunting? What patterns, what, what tactics are you using? I think you guys need to be in the woods. Um, I think here in the next couple of weeks, it's going to, it's going to be on fire. Um, I think you're starting to see a couple of does come in heat, but I think in the, in the following weeks, um, it is really going to fire up. Uh, I think we have a cold front coming through Friday. Um, 
and this moon should be diminishing a little bit, and I think the hunting's going to be really good. Gotcha. So on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you rank buck movement as coming up next week, if you had to guess? I would say currently a 5 next week to a 7. All mm, right. I like right, those numbers. Dude. Yeah, those are good numbers, realistic. It's going to be really, really good hunting. Awesome, dude. Well, thanks for hopping on the phone with us, Brian, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon, man. Of course, guys. Y'all be careful. Okay, now on the phone, I've got Jared Mills. He's a good buddy of ours, and Jared's up in Iowa. He's been hunting a little bit lately, uh, had some success in October as well. Jared, what's been going on, man? Not much, guys. It's a uh, light, light switch has definitely flipped here in Iowa. It's been, it was a little bit of a rough go there right at the end of October and then first couple of days of November, mostly just weather related, warm and windy and couple of days of rain but mm. i'd say two to three days ago once that weather moved out of here it's been uh it's been full bore uh, lots of bucks hitting the ground i've been out the past couple mornings I actually just to get get on this call i just left uh from uh taking pictures and helping a guy recover a really good 10 just half hour ago so oh, that's cool it's definitely on here in iowa that's good what, what are the temps like right now uh right now we're I think the high is 50 today, so mm-hmm. um, which is much better than it has been. I think we're going to maybe have one little warm-up here midweek, but then after that it's going to be much more seasonal, um, highs in the 40s, and you can't, can't get much better than that for yeah. November. Do you feel like, you know, today, well, this week is the second week in November, essentially. Do you feel like that warm temps affect the rut much that time of year, or is it just going to be what it is? I still think it is what it is. I think I think part of it is the the mental grind on our end. It's just not fun sweating in the tree stand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you know, it, it almost wears on us more than anything. But it, there are, I think, little factors with with regards to the rut that are affected. Um, but in general, it's they're still going to do their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it just maybe maybe subdued a little bit, but. I, no, I, I really sometimes think it's harder on us than it is the deer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, another thing that people like to talk about this time of year outside of weather is the moon. And uh, hunting this morning, walking in, uh, we had a really bright moon hanging in the sky still, you know, up until we were in the tree. Uh, and then, you know, it's not going to rise this evening until probably after sunset. How do you think right. that that affects deer movement? So I've never been a huge, um, I don't want to say believer, but I, you know, I definitely know the moon affects movement, but I, I've never really based hunts off of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can, the only thing that I've seen from personal experience is that when we are in and around a full moon, um, I, I see better like 10 to two movement, like midday type of movement for whatever reason. Um, there's probably multiple factors associated with that too, but mm-hmm. uh, in general, I don't, I don't change, you know, when I hunt or where I hunt or anything like that based on the actual moon phase. That's just a little observation that I've had over the years is that, you know, when the moon's shining bright all night long, I try to stay in the stand a little bit longer and get in earlier in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me too, man. That's kind of my plan as well. So, uh, you mentioned it earlier, but, uh, we're going to get that cold front that everybody's looking forward to at the end of this week. How are you going to spend that best day? What's the tactic to go to? You know, it's just, uh, 
not much different than any other rut, but I, I want to be in and around bedding areas or travel corridors close to bedding areas. Uh, the other thing, you know, when we start to get towards the second week of November and you, you're having more and more does coming to estrus, which means potentially a little bit less, you know, searching required for some of the bucks, you know, don't overlook some of the small stuff, like small fingers, small woodlots. And the reason for that is a lot of times when these big mature bucks are paired with a doe, those are the areas they're going to be. Um, they don't, very rarely are they going to just be bedded in the main, what are the main bedding areas throughout the rest of the season. They don't like being near all those other deer. So, you know, I don't have access to a ton of spots like that, um, a few, but over and over and over again, I see some of the biggest, most mature deer in the neighborhoods get killed in the smallest little pockets. Um, so this, especially during peak breeding, this is a good time to not overlook those spots. Gotcha. So do you, do you normally associate those little spots with like being adjacent to, you know, good spots that have big cover and stuff like that? Or could it literally be out in the middle of miles of just crop, cut crop? It could very well be in the middle of nowhere. They just, they just don't want to be harassed by other bucks and, mm-hmm. Um, they want to be by themselves and you'll just, I mean, even you'll see here in Iowa, you'll see it just driving around. You'll just drive by a little fence row and you'll see them bedded up against the fence in a spot that you'd never, ever see them any other time of the year. Sure. Except right now they're out in, in a spot like that just to get away from the other deer. Yeah. Well, that's exciting for the guy who doesn't have any good permission. So <laughs> um, with that in mind, you know, going forward this week on a scale of one to 10, what would you rank your predicted buck movement? Ooh, uh, I think it's gonna be up there. I'll go, I'll go eight and a half. Ooh, oh that's yeah, good dude, dead gummit. Eight point five. That's a good grade, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's better than my college GPA for yeah, I sure. Guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it awesome, man. Be, it should be rocking. Awesome, but. dude. Well, thank you, Jared, for hopping on the phone, and we will talk to you some other time, man. Yeah, good hearing from you guys. Good luck. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised, grass-fed, and finished cattle. Heart and Soil's unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER.
O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on FishingBooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at FishingBooker.com to book your trip today. All right, I've got Sam Soholt here on the phone. Sam, you've been up in North Dakota. Um, I have been, yep. Yeah, it seems like um, things have been slow. Is that right? Yeah, things have been super slow. Um, you know, typically one of the weeks I look forward to the most is that last five, six days of October. And uh, between between weather and just, you know, who knows what, uh, it seemed seemed very slow up, you know, for a long time there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what, what are you normally hunting in late October? Are you hunting scrapes and stuff like that? Or what are you looking yep. at? Yeah. Hunting scrapes and rub lines, also hunting transition zones between food and, and bedding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of time I'm hunting small chunks of public and stuff. So I don't have, uh, I can't, you know, get on a big food plot or, or anything, um, yeah. that time of year. So I'm trying to find stuff where I think deer will at least move through on the way to, uh, to going where they're going, but, uh, haven't caught up with one yet. Yeah. Can you talk real quick about what, uh, what you're looking for in a rub line that makes you want to hunt it? Yeah. So typically I'm trying to figure out what side of the tree the rubs are on so I can get a, get an idea of what direction that deer is moving through. Um, and if it seems like, you know, it's going to be a better morning sit or an evening sit, depending on the direction, uh, I'm going to focus on that rub line, uh, you know, based on what I find from that information. Gotcha. Cool. Yep. So and then no, obviously, yeah, right. obviously looking for, you know, just at the freshest sign possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in North Dakota, it's one of the states that's really been impacted by drought, at least looking on the, uh, the drought map. Um, how does that really affect like that early November time period for you? Are you thinking about water? Are you thinking about, you know, just concentration of deer around it or, or what do you do there? You know, you got to think about water a little bit. Um, it's been, it has been dry for sure, but like, I, you know, I've bounced all over, um, eastern side of of north dakota this year and uh that being kind of the prairie pothole region you're typically not that far from a water source of some kind Mm -hmm. uh it's not until you're getting out more you know central and western north dakota where you're probably going to want to focus a little bit more on water with it being as dry as it's been Mm -hmm. um but but overall the places i've been hunting the water source is not 
typically an issue. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, we have a uh, a big cold front looming right now. This week is not going to be a drastic change kind of across the country, you know, where we yep. got kind of some hot temps uh, in the earlier part of the week. And then, you know, actually kind of, you know, right there Thursday, Friday on some really good dates, we start looking at some cold fronts. Do you lay off of your prime spots for those ex- like just perfect days that we're looking forward to? Or do you go in the, go ahead and go hunt those things hard? I, yeah, I typically hold off until I, you know, I, I play the wind a lot and, uh, I, you know, I have a few spots where I know, like, I can't really hunt here until the date is right. And the wind is right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a set of dates and a, and a, and a, whatever, a very slim segment of wind that I can hunt. So I'm typically, um, going to hold off and I'll hunt other stuff uh, until I know it's going to be good. Do you regard the moon much this time of year? I can't say that I pay much attention to the moon. Uh, I figure it's it's the rut and I should be in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> I like it, man. Yep. What's the best date? What's like when you're talking uh, the, about the best date coming up, what's it going to be? Uh, you know, the in, historically, you know, you hear a lot of people say the 7th. Um, I'm typically like just slightly later than that. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that like 10th through the 12th time frame. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. Um, me too. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, uh, that's just me. Mm. Cool. So... Um, in the in that kind of kind of tenth through the twelfth date range, so you know next week or coming up in the next weekend or so, what are you going to be focusing on tactically or or you know with the habitat or what are you looking at to to try to kill a buck? Yep, I'm focusing on stuff that I know has does. Um, you know, obviously there's going to be a few bucks locked down on stuff that time of year, but a lot of times if you can get into a doe group or get into a spot where, you know, does transition through a lot of times you can find yourself in a rut fall. And, you know, even if it starts out where you've got young bucks that are doing a lot of the chasing or, you know, push them around, just all that activity typically I have found typically draws bigger bucks in. Mm -hmm. Um, they start to push those smaller bucks off, especially midday. If you can, if you can talk yourself into staying out longer, you know, um, a lot of times that time of year, um, I might hunt way longer in the day and then it, you know, with that chance of killing something midday, early afternoon. Um, and then I might go scout, uh, that evening instead of, instead of just continuing to sit so I can find another ball of does that I can go hunt the next day. Gotcha. Mm, that's a bold move, Cotton. Hope it pays out for you. So <laughs> I know yeah, it has in the past. <laughs> that, past. That's but, cool, man. Yeah. I yep. would like to shoot a midday buck one of these days. I, I haven't done it from a tree. You know, on the ground, it's a little different game where you're moving around finding them and stuff. But yep. um, so as we look forward to, uh, you know, some really good dates like you're talking about there, if you had to give it a, a number between 1 and 10 of what you predict the buck movement to be like in the upcoming week, what would you give it? Man, with the dates and the weather we're going to have, I think, I mean, I think we're going to be, you know, running that red line pretty hard, 8, mm. 9. Um, going into late into the week, early into next week, especially with just the, the temps are going to go from, you know, what have been in the, you know, 50s, 60s and 70s, um, all the way up until a couple days ago, uh, dropping all the way down to lows in the, in the single digits. So mm. it is a, is a very drastic change, um, coming. Man, single digits. That's not my favorite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I understand. Couple, I saw a couple nights in the forecast where the low is going to be three degrees. Ooh, yeah, I've been there before, but it's not the it's not the most fun hunting I've ever done. But uh, no, 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 it's terrible. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, but I appreciate you hopping on, Sam. Thanks for everything, and uh, I'm hoping that you get did uh, get the shot at a buck on the tenth or twelfth there somewhere in your favorite date range. And w- with any luck, it's yeah. coming. Cool, yeah. dude. Well, we'll be talking right. to you soon, man. All right, thanks, guys. On the phone, we have got the Tundra Master, Tyler Friel. What's happening, man? 
Oh, not too much. Just got got back from my first my first fall whitetail whitetail bow hunt. So that, that's that's always fun. Yeah, that's exciting, man. You uh, actually were in Kentucky. We know as you as the guy who knows everything that we want to know about Alaska, but you've been down here in the lower forty eight doing some whitetail hunting. How was the action? It was slow. It was hot and slow. Um, the deer just you know there is tons of sign and. In some sign of, you know, rut activity, but not, they just were not moving during the day too much. Yeah, I got you. So, uh, for that first week of November, what were you kind of concentrating on as far as, you know, your tactic there? Well, we were, I was, I hunted two different spots, um, kind of inside corner uh, of some ag that, that on a big edge of a big wood lot. And another time right in the middle of a big wood lot on a, on that, where a couple ridges come together, just kind of a good funnel type country that should get a lot of traffic through and especially you know if they're starting to chase or or cruise for does you know stuff that at least in my mind um should work really well Mm -hmm. um yeah so are you accustomed to hunting whitetails i guess that's one of the things i should have asked you about because you know uh i know you've you're from the lower 48 which you've been in alaska for a long time right yep i uh, i'm i'm super green to hunting whitetails you know (laughs) I, I, I've seen, seen it on TV a bunch and, and it always looked like fun, but this was, you know, my first chance to really go bow hunt, bow hunt whitetails. So, you know, I, I, I tried to take, you know, take the advice of the guy, guy I was hunting with and, and, uh, yeah, it, it was a great time. It was slow, but it was a great time. What was the key? Like, what was the advice that he was giving you that, that, uh, he was hoping you would score on? Oh, pretty much just paying attention and being ready to shoot you know i think that first week in november typically is pretty hot action and and you know we're in spots where we're just just ambushing them coming through and and yeah just being being ready and keeping your head on a swivel sitting all day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what uh what's one of the things that seem to translate to you hunting in uh kentucky there um, compared to what you're used to hunting well, the tree, you know, uh, animal movement, you know, like the, the, the early morning, late evening seemed to be pretty good. Uh, you know, I mean, that's just typical what animals like to do. The thing that translated for me is I do a lot of black bear and grizzly bear hunting out of tree stands. So it was nice. I like sitting in a tree and, and wait and waiting. And so, you know, I'm very comfortable operating out of tree stands. And so that was, that translated really well, you know, from, how you system all the gear you want to be comfortable and, and hunt effectively. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to uh, get in the stand at like one thirty a.m. for this one though, right? It's kind of a little bit later. No. Today. <laughs> <laughs> no, normally, you know, I'm used to sitting all night rather than all day. So yeah. that was kind of nice. Yeah. Do you, um, if you could, if you had to go, if you were hunting again this week, this coming week, what would you change or what would you do differently to, to uh, have success? What do you think? You know, I'm not, I mean, I, I'm not sure if I know enough about it to really say that I would change stuff. I would probably, the, you know, the, the spots I were, I was hunting were good spots. I think, I think it was a good plan. Just the timing wasn't right. You know, and I'm used to hunting animal, you know, a lot of my hunting, I, I might not see an animal for days of hunting. Um, so, you know, it was, I didn't, know what to expect going into it mm-hmm. so i don't know that i would really change anything about the method i would have just i would just be persistent about it yeah um because i just think i just think it wasn't lining up my timing wasn't lining up with them moving in the daytime and i you know from what i hear it can switch overnight too mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, one of the best public land hunters I know, uh, he hunts the same stand almost all season long, and he kills big deer. And he also says when the wind changes direction, you just turn around and look the other direction. And so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes that works. Uh, you know, looking yep. forward as, uh, you know, you have kind of a tough week there. If you were to predict what you think deer movement's going to be like in the next week there in Kentucky, what do you what would you say on a scale from one to ten? I mean, I would I would say probably a seven. You know, if it, after all that that hot weather, if they're like any other critter, you know, they're progressively getting closer to chase. We didn't see a lot of chasing, but they're getting close. And uh, you know, after a string of weather that doesn't want to have that they don't want to move in temps are supposed to drop and i think you know the guys are already see even yesterday saw deer moving like crazy so i think it's going to be good i think they're i think it's going to be a good week awesome man well tyler we really appreciate the report man i hope you have a great winter up there yep thank you the report is good it is out and it is good guys it is the second week of november and you know, you could argue that this is better than the first week. It really, really is going to be good, especially paired with this weather. I'm excited about the reports we got from all these guys. Uh, if you heard earlier in the podcast, we did put down some nice Kansas bucks, and those hunts will be on the Buck Truck Series on Meteor coming up next summer. So be excited for that. I hope you're looking forward to it because we sure are. There are a couple things that y'all can check out if you need to just satiate some of that deer hunting stuff. Maybe you can't get in the woods until, you know, Friday or something. You need to read something or watch something. On the Element YouTube channel, there's a really cool pre-rut style hunt in texas but there is some ruddy action deer answering antlers they're getting after it um also there is a article on meat eater by tony peterson about when to abandon your rut hunting plan and then the wired to hunt podcast mark also has a just all out rut podcast i mean you can't call it anything else just ruddy stuff uh it's what we're all about right now and you need to be considering all these rut tactics uh, this week. It's time to get in those pinches. It's time to get after where those doe bedding areas are. It's time to kill a big, giant buck. This has been Rut Fresh. Keep it fresh. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more.